You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Soccer Talk podcast, the only podcast that focuses on watching soccer on TV, online and apps. In episode 91, we discuss the latest update on the BN Sports La Liga situation in the US, news about the next round of Champions League games on US TV, which game featuring a MLS team had more than 1 million viewers last week, and we have a bunch of letters from you the listeners in our mailbag section. My name is Christopher Harris, a.k.a. The Gaffer, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Kartik Krishnayer. Now, Kartik, um, there's been a lot of soccer this past week, uh, everything from the Caribou Cup, uh, you mean Bundesliga, Premier League, Serie A, I mean, you, you, MLS, of course, you go, you go, you go down the list. Um, this was the third round of the Caribou Cup. I, I didn't get to watch many of the games. I watched maybe a, a game and a half. Um, but uh, for a third round of that competition, this was some some good football, and uh, I, I've I've always been a big fan of the, the Caribou Cup or the, the League Cup. Uh, in some ways, I like it better than than the FA Cup. Um, call me crazy, but I, I enjoyed what I, what I saw. How about you? Yeah, I, I think it's it's early season cup, and, and the thing that I like about the Caribou Cup. Uh, League Cup, whatever you want to call it, is that you see a lot of guys that maybe you were frustrated with didn't get to play the first few match days because there's remarkable consistency in Premier League squads um, and even some championship squads, even, uh, although the championship had a few, has already had a few midweek fixtures and there's been a little bit of squad rotation. But there's remarkable consistency in the squad team sheets early in the season in August and September in league play in the top two divisions in England versus later in the season. Um, you don't really get to see squad rotation early in the year. So the thing that I've liked about the League Cup the last few years is that there are guys that on every Premier League side and every championship side, you're frustrated, aren't getting more time, getting more minutes. Uh, maybe they should have gone out in the previous transfer window. Maybe they should have been loaned out. That you get to see play 90 uh, in the Caribou Cup. So that's a really interesting aspect of it for me. Um, I have to mention, I didn't get to watch as much of the Caribou Cup as I would have liked because, uh, unfortunately, I had, uh, very surprisingly had to put my dog down, uh, who's made frequent appearances on the Forerunner podcast of this on Tuesday afternoon. So um, missed the kickoffs of those matches on Tuesday. Got back from um, the vet and morning and all of that in time to watch the last 
um, just stoppage time of Manchester United and Derby and the penalty kicks. And that alone, um, I have to say, was kind of more intense and more exciting than you get in most FA Cup third or fourth round clashes. If you want to do the direct comparison with um, FA Cup matches in the early stages of the FA Cup, uh, which, of course, the, the the other aspect of this, Chris, that we have to mention is that the FA Cup kicks off for championship and Premier League clubs right after the busy holiday period. And it's just almost like you're footballed out. And the, the weekend you want to kind of decompress from everything happens to be the weekend which the FA Cup third round is played mm-hmm. uh, after four four or five fixtures in, in in two weeks in both the Premier League and the Championship, including uh, Boxing Day and New Year's Day. So the Caribou Cup, I think, has some advantage in terms of uh, just timing on, on, on uh, the schedule and also this continued conversation that um, – that it is a competition that teams like to win so they can back, back, bank a trophy early. Uh, one other quick point on this, Chris. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day over the weekend about the Caribou Cup, and this person told me um, that the best way to ensure the FA Cup regains its prominence is to kill the Caribou Cup, but that the Football League will never allow to, uh, 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 consent to them. I said, nor, nor should they. We don't have to... Um, we don't have to kill a newer cup competition that's a midweek competition that gives us more football early in the season at a, in a period of time where we, we genuinely probably want more football. That, to preserve a competition that, for whatever reason, uh, hasn't evolved and hasn't ca- captured the imagination of fans in mass the way it once did, which is a later season traditional cup competition. So, um, But there are people now saying that, that, well, the, the, this, is, this is ridiculous, that this is co- on, on a similar level in people's minds as the FA Cup. Let's just kill this cup off. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I do enjoy the Caribou, uh, Carabao Cup. And um, what I like about it, too, is that uh, it goes to penalty kicks. I mean, after, you know, if, it, what's a, if it's a draw at the end, it goes to penalty yeah. kicks and it's over, done and dusted. You don't, you don't have to worry about a replay, uh, which can be a little bit... Uh, uh, problematic for a lot of teams, especially um, some of these squads that have a busy, busy uh, schedule. And um, yeah, for me, for me, it's more power to the uh, Carabao Cup, and uh, I've enjoyed watching it. Kartik, I will mention though too this this it's almost like with the Bundesliga, they cannot win. Uh, so you, you mean you got the Bundesliga games head to head with uh, Premier League matches on every weekend. Then you got midweek, you got some big Bundesliga games, but they're on the same time, exact same time as the League Cup games, <laughs> as well as, you I mean, games from La Liga, etc. Did you hear anything, or did you get to watch any of their uh, Foxtoberfest? Uh, no, I didn't. wasn't aware of it, to be honest with you. And, and last year I was when Lawless and Rob Stone did the thing in New York. I, I, I knew about that, but I did not... Uh, no, I didn't know about it. Well, actually. well, the reason I ask you too is because I had no idea about it either. The, the only way I found out about it, it was uh, after the fact when I, I was going through, I think Twitter or someplace or, or Facebook, and saw some pictures that, that they had posted. The, the idea is good. I mean, so what Fox did for those um, listeners who don't know, also, um, what they did is they had a live studio audience uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, mostly Bayern Munich fans, all dressed up in, in the scarves. You had uh, Lalas wearing Lederhosen, uh, Ian Joy you know, holding up a, a tankard of beer. You had uh, Kate Abdo dressed in kind of a traditional uh, German Oktoberfest dress. And it was kind of a party atmosphere. 
the issue I have it, the, the idea is good. The two issues I have with it are one is you're preaching to the choir. So these are fans that are already into Bayern Munich. They're hardcore fans. Uh, we know what that audience is. And we'll get to that a little bit later with the TV ratings. But that audience is not growing uh, in any, any measurable way. And the second issue I have is that nobody knew, knew about this thing. Nobody knew about it until after the fact. Or if you tuned into the Bundesliga on Tuesday, um, you would have seen it. But there was no press release. There was no media alerts. There was no like heads up that we could have talked about even on last week's podcast to say, hey, check out uh, the Bundesliga on Tuesday. They're going to have a live studio set. They're going to have uh, a big kind of uh, Oktoberfest uh, celebration. And uh, it's worth checking out. So those are the two issues I have with it. The concept is good. It's just, it's again, just really poor execution from both the Bundesliga and Fox. And, and I, I don't know if it's the Bundesliga relies too much on Fox to actually think that Fox will get the word out, which, which they don't. Um, and vice versa, if it's Fox thinking that the Bundesliga is going to go ahead and I mean, notify all of the fans of German soccer. Uh, again, the idea is good. It's just the execution is poor. And we'll see a little bit later in the TV ratings, nobody watched it. And, and they're preaching to the choir because it's the same fans that tune in week in, week out. And, and that audience is pretty small. All right, Kartik, um, anything else from this past week that you saw? I mean, I, we saw a bunch of games. I uh, saw Europa yeah. League. I mean, there was actually saw uh, Rangers against uh, Villarreal in uh, Europa League. That was a great game. Uh, Arsenal in their uh, Europa League um, uh, 4-2 win, etc., uh, etc. Et and anything else that stood out for you? Yeah, the Sassuolo, uh Empoli match uh, on ESPN Plus uh, on Friday was was really good. The commentary was pretty good. And then I, I, Wigan versus City at the same time was Martin Fisher was watching. Um, the one thing now we need to perfect about ESPN Plus, and maybe there's a way to do it, which I asked John Lasker when we had the opportunity a week and a half ago, Chris, is uh, when they have multiple events going on at the same time that you want to watch, which doesn't happen. Uh, this one case, this is the first time it had happened to me, and it was unfortunately after we had gone to Bristol, uh, was the, the, the Serie A match and, and the championship match. And I kind of went back and forth and then finally uh, just used two devices um, so I could watch both simultaneously. So that, that, that's one little clunky thing, uh, perhaps, to, uh, to get sorted out for the future. Because I know on the Watch ESPN app, you can do it. You can, kind of, uh, you can watch as many as three events at, at one time. Right. Um, other than that, nothing significant. Alka Bayern was uh, disappointing to see that bump to FS2. I watched that match, and it was interesting to see how poor Schalke was. And, um, and again, uh, the League Cup stuff we discussed, and, and a lot of ESPN FC with a lot happening this week, including um, Real Madrid and Barcelona losing midweek, and Atleti, who a lot of us thought could push for the, uh, the, for the La Liga crown, it's starting so poorly, but now uh, are in a position with the Derby coming up this weekend to perhaps get back right into the title race with Barcelona dropping so many points this week and then Real Madrid losing to Sevilla. Um, La Liga is getting very interesting, and unfortunately for so many of us, uh, well, I can watch it, but for so many people out there that are listening, I know you're having a hard time seeing it. So mm-hmm. I guess that's something we're going to continue to address uh, as we go on in this show. Yeah, and going back to ESPN Plus, uh, Kartik wrote a, wrote a great story about ESPN Plus and the, the meeting that we had with uh, the executive there to learn more about their vision for the the streaming platform and, and some of uh, some in, insight, uh, including one of the insights, which is that it's dynamic. 
So the more you go to the ESPN Plus app, it'll over time learn what things you like and we'll we'll try to actually display those higher up as you view them or in, in the menu or in, in the hierarchy of things. Um, but it's got so much content, sometimes it is hard to actually find what you're looking for. Uh, one last thing is, is I did catch uh, uh, Booker Juniors against uh, River Plate in the uh, the big derby there. And uh, we'll watch this on uh, Fanatis, the streaming service. Uh, surprise 2-0 win for River Plate in this one. Uh, I didn't expect that one. But uh, as always, kind of a really great match. And uh, the atmosphere at uh, La Bombardera uh, lived up to the expectations. And just a, a really great um, kind of occasion to watch. And, uh, yeah, got some South American soccer in uh, this past weekend. Actually, one more thing, Kartik, I do, I do want to mention is going back to the Bundesliga, I, I did watch uh, ESPN FC this weekend. Um, and for those who have missed it, too, they've had some great debates and discussions about the whole Pogba, Man United, uh, Mourinho uh, clash. And But ESPN FC I watched over the weekend, and I was just shocked and surprised, because I don't watch it every single night, how little mention there is of the Bundesliga. It's it's as if the league doesn't exist. It doesn't come up in the highlights unless usually it's uh, Pulisic. Uh, it doesn't come in come up in the discussions or the debates for a massive league like this uh, in the United States or and around the world. Really, I mean, a, a league that thinks it's much bigger than it, it actually is. I was just surprised by how how little coverage there is about that league. Uh, yeah. un, 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 understandably so in, in many, many ways. And, and it's been a trend because I, I'll, I'll tell you, and the regular ESPN FC viewers know this, uh, three, four years ago, they made an effort to cover the uh, maybe Liga uh, less so, but the top four European leagues, if you take France out of it, kind of in equal proportions. Now, they would generally lead off with the Premier League uh, unless there was a big La Liga story. The shows would always start with those two two leagues, and it, 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 there would maybe be more discussion of those two leagues, but the high, from the highlights portion and maybe quick discussion, there would be uh, uh, fair, fair uh, coverage of Germany and Italy. Now, I don't think it's because he has and got the rights to, to Serie A, although some conspiracy theories would say it is. Um, but we, I began noticing this last season that they're just, I think, particularly for the show they tape for U.S. audiences. Now, they tape another show for um, international audiences. U.S. audiences, there's no interest in the Bundesliga beyond what U.S. Uh, national team players are doing. And the television ratings clearly show us that. Uh, and with Serie A, they had the added value of having Mark on, right? almost every day. So he's able to give an insight to that into that league that he can't give to the Bundesliga. Uh, and he obviously can give that similar insight to pre the Premier League, uh, having lived in London for, right, I guess, now about two decades. And, and also um, everybody who's a top soccer reporter uh, like he is uh, globally has their pulse on Real Madrid and Barcelona. So it's, it, it's just like the Bundesliga is falling by the wayside. There isn't much interest in anything Bayern's doing. They're, They've almost been a victim of their own success because while they are a mega club, Chris, much like the big clubs in England and Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus, they do not have the level of controversy and discord within their ranks. There were very kind of there's a club culture there that prevents players from speaking out, prevents uh, board members from clashing with one another. Um, that kind of maybe negates the individualism of certain players. Also, they, there's a certain type of player they won't sign. So. Um, and so goes Bayern, goes to the Bundesliga, because there's really no reason to be interested in anything else from a macro perspective if you're 
um, producing and scripting that show or if you're a uh, an analyst on that show. So what we've seen is there's less and less Bundesliga coverage, and it's now a show largely dedicated to those three leagues, um, Premier League, Serie A, La Liga, plus you know, whatever MLS they cram on there because they, they have to. Uh, but it's really kind of gone in a very kind of th- three-league-centric direction. And I saw that again midweek um, with the two ESPN FC shows, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday was all uh, Pogba, Mourinho, uh, the majority of the show, and then some uh, smattering of highlights, including the uh, Augsburg-Bayern match. Wednesday was all Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atleti, smattering of ba- uh, Borussia Dortmund highlights at the very end. Um, and, you know, and a little bit of Liverpool-Chelsea. But it's, it's though it, the Bundesliga is just not relevant enough, I think, news-wise, for the American audience for them to, um, to really focus on it. Yeah, and again, for listeners too, uh, who think we're kind of beating up on the Bundesliga, but both Kartik and I are actually are, are great admirers of the league itself in terms of the quality of football and, and, and the passion in the crowds. I mean, there's a lot of things, there are a lot of positives about the Bundesliga, um, but from a an exciting attraction, similar to Major League Soccer in many ways, I mean, there isn't a lot of kind of off-the-field drama um, it's it's not not the most exciting league from off the pitch, and that, and that's the soap opera part of it, and and that's one of one of the things, one of many things, but one of the major things that's missing from uh, from the Bundesliga, the the jeopardy for the Bundesliga and and other leagues is that for a lot of English language listeners uh, in the United States who are soccer fans, they may subscribe to a service to get their Premier League and and Champions League, and and, and maybe some La Liga. And then get to ESPN Plus as a complement to that. So they're watching, you mean whether it's Fubo or, or Sling TV or Comcast or Direct TV, whatever it may be, to get their lion's share of the major soccer leagues that they do watch. And then they use ESPN Plus for the complements to kind of uh, to fill in the cracks, to watch the Serie A match now and again, to watch ESPN FC and some other programming. The jeopardy in that in that equation is that those viewers. Uh, are probably missing out on watching a lot of Fox uh, in terms of what they're covering and what they're broadcasting. And we've seen that from the, the Major League Soccer numbers on, on Sundays on Fox, on FS1 have been poor, uh, and, and also from the Bundesliga have been poor too. I mean, for me personally, it's been, what, over two months since the World Cup. Uh, I can't remember one game I've watched uh, on Fox. I, I can't even remember tuning into Fox Sports other than, I think, maybe one of the DC United games uh, for Major League Soccer. I think that was it with one of Rooney's first matches. But for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not even watching that, that, that channel. Yeah, in fact, I was asked this week by uh, someone if Kate Abdo was still working for Fox or if she had moved to uh, Turner permanently. Well, well, she's when she's on the Bundesliga broadcast every week. So I think that this is um, something that just in general soccer fans are doing in this country. They've, they've tuned out Fox. Uh, completely without them having the Champions League, which is um, a bit of a dangerous thing as we approach future international competitions for Fox. But, Chris, I think in the next right cycle, maybe we'll see Fox acquire. Actually, I don't know what they could acquire. Um, It's all going to depend on Turner's Turner's willingness to to continue to spend on on Champions League. And I guess we won't know... uh, we, as we talked about last week, we won't know for a few few months, or if not a year, whether they're happy with the, the revenue they're generating from it. Th- uh, one more thing, listeners, I promise. And, and that's things have gotten so bad for the Bundesliga now that uh, on the Friday's match, which was uh, Stuttgart against uh, Dusseldorf, Fox Sports didn't even bother having any studio analysis uh, or anyone of their own talent uh, 
doing the game. It was complete voiceover. Uh, as soon as the broadcast began, it was the voiceover of the commentator uh, giving kind of the the preamble, the be- the, the build up to the game, and that that same uh, commentator then did the, the match. I think it was Kevin Hatchard did the entire game um, and and commentary, and, and that was it. There was no not one person giving any 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 anything to this. It was just picking up the the wool feed and and going with it. Of course, it's a smaller club, but uh, but still, I, I don't know. It's uh, I, and I think in many ways too. I think Fox needs that needs to kind of ha- keep on ha- bringing that audience in, that soccer audience, that club audience in, kind of to help build up. So when they do have the Women's World Cup, when they do have the, uh, the Men's World Cup, is that that kind of keeps on building, building, building up to the crescendo of, of that World Cup. The jeopardy that they have right now is that uh, very few people are watching their coverage, the soccer coverage, and you mean once a big tournament happens, it's going to be a lot more hard work to try to get the, that audience tuned into watching that uh, making sure that they know which channels and all all, all that jazz. Iconic. So, so getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why we're going to mention our sponsor, SeatGeek. Uh, it's the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place, so you can easily find the t- the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theatre. So, so I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets during the last few months. Actually, uh, have used the SeatGeek app uh, this summer to look for tickets to the International Champions Cup games when they were in Miami, as well as for a, uh, a music concert uh, featuring my favorite rock band, The Cult. So I just uh, go ahead and download the, the SeatGeek app and enter promo code WSTPOD today. That's promo code WSTPOD for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Now, Kartik, let's move on to TV streaming news and uh, some interesting developments in the La Liga being sports situation. Yeah. Um, in an interview with ESPN, Javier Tebas, uh, who's made a lot of news lately, uh, addressed La Liga not being available uh, to a lot of U.S. viewers. And this is his quote. I am worried. I am working to solve it because it is true that BN is commercializing uh, the league for a minority part of the American public. We are aware that uh, La Liga games he's speaking of have to reach a lot more people because of a brand issue and because we do not sell TV rights only for collecting money, but also for exposure and work. Uh, He continues, we helped BN three years ago. That was when they signed the second rights deal with BN. it was it, it has grown and now we do not want to return to the situation where we were three years ago. Therefore, we are working and I hope that in the next few weeks we will be able to find a solution so that fans of Spanish football in the United States can watch the Spanish League normally, uh, unquote. And Chris, this is very vague, but it also uh, acknowledges Tebas knows the situation. I know he knew the situation when I saw him in Miami uh, a little over a week ago and uh, 
it, it, it's something that La Liga, I, I don't know the contractual language with their with their agreement with BN, their their license agreement. If there's a sub-licensee potential, if there's a way to terminate the agreement, uh, if there is a way for La Liga to pressure cable companies to, to pick up BN or to move the tier BN is on. But, um, but look, uh, with, with uh, I, I don't know how many times a week I hear people tell me, Chris, that they think Serie A is going to overtake La Liga in the U.S. before uh, the BN deal is done. And it's not people like you and I who, who are geeks about TV media. It's just soccer fans mm-hmm. who now are, have La Liga, uh, or excuse me, have Serie A at their fingertips and are scrambling to, to get access to La Liga. Um, so Tebas has, uh, I guess, heard this and has his finger a bit on the pulse and seems ready to address the situation. Yeah, and Tebas is the uh, La Liga president, so he's the, the top guy there. He's the guy that's really working very closely with relevant sports on this 15-year deal to keep on bringing uh, La Liga clubs to the United States and looking like possibly Barcelona and Girona are coming to Miami for a league ma- game in uh, the end of January. It, his quotes are vague, Kartik, but I can read through them uh, in terms of uh, what he's really saying is that... Uh, they must be having discussions. They must be having discussions whether with with being sports, some pretty in depth discussions, and they're trying to figure out: is there a way we can do a deal or figure out a way to increase the distribution? Because in the current situation, uh, with no Direct TV and with no Comcast, you got the biggest satellite uh, provider and the biggest cable subscriber. Without those two major major TV providers showing La Liga. The distribution is a huge issue, and, and he mentions that too. As far as when they were looking to sell the rights, um, uh, when they went from Gold TV to, to be in sports uh, at the time, I mean that was a big boost on, in the distribution. But now they're looking for the next level up, and actually, if anything, it's it's going backwards. It's going back to almost a Gold TV situation. So, so it's definitely some interesting things ha- are happening there. And I think he says that um, in the next few weeks we will find a solution. So watch the space. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more information coming soon on that one. Now, Kartik, looking ahead to the Champions League, uh, we talked about uh, the Champions League matches on the last podcast about TNT and Univision's uh, coverage. Coming up next week, we've got uh, the complete schedule of the next round of Champions League games. They're all listed on worldsoccertalk.com. But some of the highlights for next week's games include TNT deciding to go all-in on the Premier League teams instead of the, the teams from La Liga. So that means that now, instead of Man United uh, not being televised at all, we've got Man United against Valencia on TNT, as well as Hoffenheim against Manchester City and uh, Spurs against Barcelona. Uh, the only game featuring Premier League teams that's not going to be on television is Napoli-Liverpool, which to me, Kartik, would be an amazing <laughs> match. Hard. I mean, that's like yeah. that, that to me, would out of... It probably may not be the best match of all of these, but that would be a high-profile match I want to watch. And that's not being televised in English or Spanish. So you have to go streaming, either Bleacher Report Live or Univision Deportes' app or going through a service like Fubo where you can access um, the, the Spanish Univision Deportes uh, feed. Yeah, that, that's that's a really interesting omission. And, and uh, Liverpool, I thought, would probably be the team that TNT hitched their wagon to, but it doesn't appear to be the case. I, I mean, I think they're very much kind of feeling this out, uh, trying to trying to figure this out. Spurs Barcelona obviously is a, is a big big match, uh, and that match is I believe. So 
that's the kind of uh, atmosphere you want uh, to portray. But the, the two Manchester clubs are going to be the, the two games on Tuesday, TNT, which is um, uh, interesting because I think uh, United Valencia, both clubs have gotten off to kind of rough starts, yep. uh, but it, there's some interest in that. But I don't think there's much interest in, in Hoffenheim Man City. And I, I can speak as a as someone kind of glued into the Manchester City supporters community. I think Manchester City supporters, as much as the the club hierarchy says we want to win Champions League, Europe is important, the supporters don't care. They're concerned about the Premier League. I'm, I, I'll be honest. I want to collect trophies in, in FA Cup and and um, and uh, Caribou Cup. I mean, the, the hasn't, made, hasn't uh, made an FA Cup final since 2013, hasn't won an FA Cup since 2011. There is some hunger among the, the City fan uh, supporters base to uh, to win the FA Cup this year, strangely enough. Uh, I, I know that's not a priority for management, but um, so my point is, I don't think that showing Manchester City in Europe is going to move the needle at all for Turner. Yeah, and, and also we've got the, those double headers. So, so the Man City Hoffenheim game is the early kickoff, the one o'clock kickoff, uh, and then we have most of the major ones at the three, three o'clock. But the the one o'clock kickoff on that Tuesday, they they had a choice TNT between Hoffenheim against Manchester City or Juventus against Young Boys. And to me, I would have gone Juventus. I mean, it's, uh, well, actually, well, yeah, I would have probably gone Juventus in that one. But um, Unamas and um, Univision Deportes Network is going with uh, the Juventus game. And then TNT and Galavision are going with the Hoffenheim-Man City game. But, uh, yeah, I I guess maybe, in a way, though, Kartik is probably a test for TNT to see how much of an audience there is for Manchester City. And while the club has grown in the United States... Uh, they're still, I mean, light years behind the Chelsea's and Arsenal's and Man United's and Liverpool's in terms of a supporters base. But uh, maybe this will be just kind of a uh, an opportunity to see how much of an audi- audience there is for City. All right. So, uh, Kartik, speaking of being sports a minute or two ago, uh, we do have some news from being sports and it's some some positive news this time. Yeah. So uh, good being news for a change, which is that being recently term renewal deal with dish and that will also keep it on sling tv sling tv of course uh owned by dish and uh i know so many of you out there are getting are accessing b since it's been dropped by uh direct tv slash att uverse and uh and comcast via sling tv so no, nothing to worry about there being will continue there for the foreseeable future so that's a little bit of good news in, in what has been a stormy period for BN. And uh, moving on, so ESPN Plus announced last week that uh, they have hit the 1 million paid subscriber mark after launching the, the streaming service in April. And Kartik, uh, I was surprised by this because um, there, there had been reports or rumors uh, in regards to how many people had signed up for ESPN Plus as of a, a month or two ago. And the number reported, or rumored really, and we, we don't know if this is for real or not, was about 200,000. So how does that explain now they, they've hit exceeded over a million? What's your thoughts? It, it's people who had never canceled their ESPN Insider subscriptions for written content on the site, uh, on the ESPN site, who have now been folded into Plus. Now, what had happened with Insider is that uh, because they laid off so many writers, right? We, we've talked at length for a year now about the spate of or a year and a half now for the spate of layoffs at, at ESPN uh, that started in, in early 2017 or maybe late 2016. And they were largely on the digital side. 
uh, a lot of those layoffs and writers and contract writers and, and the people that provided, um, for lack of a better term, insider information, you know, analysis and uh, breaking news and, and, and rumors and tidbits about various sports. What I noticed on the ESPN site, uh, the sports that I, I perused the site for, soccer being first and foremost, but uh, occasionally college football, college basketball, and golf and tennis, uh, that the insider content, the actual written content, had dropped from maybe one every five or six articles uh, to one every 15 articles that come through your, your feed. Um, so ESPN adroitly kind of folded those subscribers, the ones who hadn't canceled, the ones who just had it renewing on their credit card and just kept letting it go and maybe hadn't noticed that they were getting less and less content into ESPN Plus, giving them ESPN Plus access, which is fantastic. Um, this goes along with the strategy John Lasker mentioned to us. That very much the, the idea of ESPN Plus is not to create an OTT um, an OTT platform for cord cutters. It is to create a OTT and digital platform, which includes the insider content, that is complementary to ESPN's linear channels uh, and linear television. And I, I think we're seeing it again with the strategy, and they've now hit between insider and direct ESPN plus signups uh, a million paid subscribers. So uh, hats off to them, but uh, it, the number is a little deceiving. I don't think a million people have signed up directly for ESPN+. Plus. Uh, if they want to clarify that for us, uh, feel free to get in touch with us. But I believe that's what's happened, is that um, maybe a, half that number are insider subscribers that have been rolled into Plus. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's still a great number. So that, that's uh, congratulations to ESPN on, on hitting that, that milestone. And Kartik, one more piece of news before we head into TV ratings, and that's regarding a uh, high-profile commentator in the United States. Yeah, great news. Uh, J.P. Del Camera has been named the 2018 Colin Jose, uh, who Colin Jose, uh, who we interviewed on the forerunner of this podcast about a decade ago. Uh, in our, it'll be in our archive somewhere. Media Award winner, um, really well deserved honor for J.P. Del Camera. Uh, glad to see U.S. Soccer extend him that honor. Uh, probably long overdue given his contributions to the uh, to the sport, uh, this country. I'm, I'm I'm actually kind of when he got when we found this out. Late last week, I uh, or early this week, I was surprised, thinking, "Wow, they haven't uh, haven't given him that award yet." But um, uh, hats off to JP. He's he's obviously the voice of soccer for so many of us uh, in this country yeah, for for many many years, and the darkest years for the sport in this country. He was there uh, keeping us going. Absolutely, yeah, and he's also going to be honored um, at the uh, National Soccer Hall of Fame inductions uh, ceremony in texas in in october so so congratulations there to jp all right Kartik, let's move on to tv ratings uh, some very interesting news this week so uh i had it in the the tease in the very beginning of the podcast but I did mention that uh one major league soccer team um had more than a million subscribers uh, subscribers uh, viewers to a game last week and that was the game that we talked about a little bit a couple of weeks ago, which is the uh, Campeones Cup game between Tigres and Toronto FC. That one had 1.3 million viewers across Univision and ESPN2 combined. Uh, so from Kartik, any guesses out of the 1.3 million, how many of the viewers were watching the game on ESPN2? I guess um, 150,000 to 200,000. It's a good guess. It was it was two hundred and seventy one thousand. So oh, okay. so rough, roughly out of that one point three number, you mean what one point one million 
uh, we're watching it on, on the Univision channels in Spanish and then just uh, over 200,000 uh, on the English language ESPN2 channel. N there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, obviously, um, Liga Mackies is a more popular league. Um, and this is the whole reason that, that Major League Soccer is doing this Campeones Cup, is working closely with Liga MX. Uh, they're looking at uh, possibly having uh, an all-star game, Liga MX team, kind of an all-star team against the Major League Soccer team. But this is ex exactly why they want to do it, which is trying to uh, bring Major League Soccer more into the homes of uh, Spanish-speaking uh, Americans that, that that grow up watching uh, Liga Mackies and are fans of Tigres or fans of Club America, whoever it may be, and trying to making sure that they that MLS is part of that equation. So they go, well, maybe I have a team in Liga Mackies and maybe I have a team I support in Major League Soccer. Or maybe, I mean, if it's a, a bilingual family and maybe they haven't picked a team yet and they're like, ah, you know, Toronto FC, that, that's my team or, or whatever it may be. Um, the strategy, it's, it's worth a try. Uh, yeah, very good strategy, I think, from Soccer United Marketing. And, and I, I actually enjoy the, the idea of these kind of inter-Mexican-U.S. competitions. I know people who hate MLS and hate Soccer United Marketing who genuinely think of me as a reformer or get angry when I say I like Super League. I wish they still played it. Uh, that was a summer tournament between uh, top and the top American teams. Really, I kind of got killed off by the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, uh, Super League predated the CONCACAF Champions League. And, um, and then now this Camponius Cup. Now, the thing I would say about this, this, this cup competition, unfortunately, was that the game wasn't competitive at all uh, if you watched it. So it wasn't a good foot forward for Major League Soccer. Toronto FC is really struggling this season. Um, and you saw it in this match again. They were just completely torn apart and some comical defensive errors that we've come to expect from TFC. So it wasn't the best uh, advertisement for MLS. And, and the stadium was half empty as well, uh, which is something that we never see in Toronto, by the way. Never. Even when that uh, club was uh, the, was the ba a basket case in the laughing stock of Major League Soccer uh, six to eight years ago. So... I, I like the concept. I just think that this was uh, an unfortunate one for MLS, that Toronto was the representative and not someone who could have been more competitive. Uh, and quite honestly, someone like Atlanta, who would probably drive a lot more Latino fans uh, who might tune in and say, hey, non-Mexican Latino fans who might tune in on Univision and say, oh, my gosh, you know, look at this side. They're loaded with good young South American players, guys who get called into their national teams, not very much not fringe uh, players like MLS is historically signed from South America. And uh, I think I'm going to be an Atlanta United fan. Um, topic for another day, Chris, but I think so much of MLS is, uh, and, and they're, they're, a, they're a league that wants to suppress global uh, or global super clubs, but so much of MLS's long-term uh, success internationally may be tied directly to that Atlanta club, the way things are going. So I would just keep promoting that if right. I'm MLS. Right, and, and if Tata Martino goes, then it could be a different story. But uh, true, true. And and actually, this this Tigris uh, Toronto game, it could have the reverse factor, the reverse effect, where I mean, people are tuning into this and maybe watching Major League Soccer. There there are Liga MX fans. I mean, watching the level of play, watching Toronto not playing very well at this time of the season, seeing the empty empty stadium, and probably thinking like, ah. You mean, I forget about MLS. It's you mean, it's a joke or whatever the uh, they want to say about it. It could have a reverse factor, but I, I think it's worth trying. 
And, uh, and, and actually, I have to clarify, too. I, I made a mistake on this one. So the, the number of viewers on the ESPN2 broadcast for this one was uh, not 271,000, but it was 101,000 people. So out of that one point, uh, it's actually probably 1.2 million people, 100,000 people watched it on Engli- in English and uh, 1.1 million people watched it in Spanish, which goes to show from a Major League Soccer perspective how little interest there was in this cup. And then from the Liga MX perspective, how much interest there is in, in Liga MX and, and that league and, and that tournament from, from that point of view. So uh, now looking at some of the other numbers, Kartik, we, we finally, this is now like what, like almost the end of September, and we've been waiting to try to see if we can get any TV ratings about uh, La Liga. And we know that losing DirecTV, losing Comcast, we understand that their number of subscribers now has gone from about 23 million to 10 million or under or less. And we've been looking for numbers of, of any, any of the games that we can find. We finally have one, which is the Barcelona-Girona game, which is on Sunday. Actually, a very good game on being sports on the English language side only. And uh, that one had 62,000 viewers. And that is, that's, that's worse than the, than the Bundesliga. So it just, just shows you how bad of a situation La Liga is in right now with the current situation with, with being sports and the carriage disputes. Uh, what it doesn't say is how many viewers watch the game on being sports and Espanol, which is typically two times to three times as many viewers as on the English side, but still um, some, some bad numbers there for La Liga. One more number I'll, I'll throw out there, Kartik, is uh, Bayern Munich against Augsburg. So this is the big Foxtoberfest. Uh, the big thing that they had no promotion about, but actually the the idea was good, and you mean know, the whole festivities sounded like it was a lot of fun. That one had seventy four thousand viewers. Uh, yes, it was midweek um, on FS One though, so you you would hope that that would have a much uh, larger viewing audience. But, but if I'm not mistaken, that had a larger viewing audience than any Bundesliga game this weekend. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah That's yeah. pretty stunning. Right. And any of the other numbers? We have a list of numbers here, listeners, uh, that we have from some of the games this past week. Any Anything else stand out for you, Kartik? And how low LA Galaxy Seattle was. I mean, um, uh, that was a match that um, I was going to sit down and watch, and unfortunately my dog fell ill during that match. It, it never recovered, as I mentioned at the beginning of the pod. Uh, so I did not get to watch that match, even though attention to watch it uh 211,000 is lower than i thought it would be i thought if there were two sides and a great great performance from the galaxy by the way as it, as it turns out in that match and uh, under dom Kinnear now uh i thought if there was a match that could maybe move the um the temperature for mls late in the season which did not involve atlanta united it would be that match and it, it was a little better than what we've been seeing from fs1 but it didn't it didn't break the barrier uh but still a whole lot higher than that Bundesliga ratings in general. That that the, the I'll just throw this one tidbit from the week out, uh, Chris. Fulham Watford, a 7:30 a.m. kickoff between two small London area clubs, had 175,000. Uh, 7:30 a.m. Eastern, so 4:30 a.m. Pacific, had uh, 175,000 viewers on uh, and on NBCSN. That's uh, more than three times the viewership of any Bundesliga match. Uh, this weekend on Fox uh, on Fox networks, that that is just a stunning thing if you put it in that perspective. Mm-hmm. I, and again, I know it sounds like we beat up on the Bundesliga every week. And, and Chris, I have to preface that I I I actually say it more out of frustration because I watch 
I watch a lot of Bundesliga. Even this past week, I was flipping and watching Bundesliga matches while it seems like everybody else was a soccer fan that was watching the Premier League. Uh, I was one of the few that was, I was one of the few that watched the uh, Bayern game instead of watching uh, the the, uh, the Spurs match at the same time on over-the-air NBC, which, by the way, got 750,000 viewers. Um, it's not that we don't like the Bundesliga, but we have to keep saying this. It's that we're frustrated that it, for whatever reason, whether it's Fox's fault, whether it's the league's fault, whether it's just the general interest of U.S. fans, it, it's not making any sort of dent in this in this country. And if anything, uh, as we more attention is focused on it, it seems to be regressing, if anything. Yeah, definitely, definitely, or, or definitely plateauing, or, or perhaps yeah. regressing, but definitely not not uh, improving. Uh, moving on to listener mailbag, we have a bunch of letters from you, the listeners. Uh, first up is JP. It says, "Hi, Chris. This is in relation to your discussion about the poor Champions League ratings on TNT versus Univision, and even a weekend Everton West Ham United match." Wouldn't be so quick to encourage TNT to shoehorn more English clubs for the sake of ratings. The Barca match was at 1 p.m. on a Tuesday, so would expect lower ratings on TNT versus the 3 p.m. match. Also, unfair to compare to weekend's Premier League match for the same reason. Most people are working Tuesday, when, uh, Tuesday Wednesdays and probably streamed it. Um, the quality of the matchups should, dis- should dictate which is shown on TNT. Real Madrid against Roma was clearly of more interest than Man United against Young Boys. Next round, Man United has the sexiest matchup of the day versus uh, Valencia, so it should be on TNT, not because they have a larger following. That kind of thinking is how we end up with a listless Cowboys versus Giants game. Uh, <laughs> pardon me, on Sunday Night Football once or twice every season. So some, some good points there. Uh, Jeffrey Allen says, uh, good podcast again. If streaming soccer is ahead of the curve, my concern is that if cutting the cord becomes the norm, will streaming services say, okay, now that we're king and cable and satellite are dying, it's time for us to jack up the prices? Which I think the answer to that is yes, because a lot of these uh, companies, like Sling TV as one example, is owned by Dish Network. I mean, it, it's. I mean, so you have other companies too that are owned by these big giant media companies. So prices will, will pr- probably end up paying about the same price we were paying for cable, uh, little by little. But at least we have the option, a lot more options and flexibility rather than being locked into, I mean, one year or two two year contracts. Tim Keane says, while I do have, uh, I do to some extent agree with your love affair with ESPN FC, I found that many episodes were just going over the same topics day after day. And after the pay system was introduced and I did not subscribe, I find that I don't really miss it that much. Kartik, what's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think that there were people that um, dr- drifted away when ESPN Plus was uh, launched and, and it was moved to ESPN Plus. Uh, I I think there is some repetition in topics. I, I, I won't deny that. And that has a lot to do with it being daily and has a lot to do with the fact that some days there just isn't a whole lot going on. Um, and, and there might be some pre- predictable dialogue and discourse between uh, the, um, the, the, the studio team. But to me, it's still unmissable because um, and part of it is I, I'll admit part of it is kind of um, – just now being addicted to what certain pundits like Craig Burley say and thinking, okay, I have this feeling. Let me see if Craig agrees with me. More often than not, he does, uh, by the way, uh, which I don't know if that puts me on the fringe or not, um, in my opinion. But, yeah, I, I mean, part of it is, hey, you know, I, what Burley is saying and, and I want to listen to, to his take on, 
on things like Paul Pogba this week. So um, I get that, but I also get why people would say, eh, it's just repetitive. It's the same topics over and over again. They're always talking about Jose Mourinho on that show, um, which which is just because people want to hear about Jose. Jose makes himself the center of attention. And and, uh, uh, I want to hear what Marcotti's reporting tells him a lot of times about some of the things that are being reported by other outlets, like the Jose thing yesterday. Um, Marcotti gave great insight on ESPN FC, basically saying um, that uh, obviously these are Mourinho sanctioned leagues, taking the captaincy or vice captaincy away from Pogba, uh, allowing cameras in and then very uh, demonstrably uh, chastising Pogba in front of those cameras that he had let in um, to make a point. Um, And so what Marcotti add in context was not something that you saw in Mark Ogden's actual written stories or the written stories on the Guardian, Telegraph, uh, Times, etc., was that basically, hey, this is a manager who has decided to script this whole situation by sanctioning press leaks and then inviting uh, cameras into training, which they never do um, there at Carrington, is what, is what uh, Marcotti was saying, or very rarely do. So sometimes that insight is really valuable as you kind of process what's going on in the soccer world. Yeah, I, w- I would say, Kartik, that, I mean, I mean, we all live busy lives, so whether it's work or, or life, I mean, so at the end of the day, it's great to kind of catch up on, on a program for you know, analysis and news, etc. In the U.S., English language, there's only two shows. It's ESPN FC or, is, uh, or The Extra on being sports. And for me, it's a lot easier to find ESPN FC because I can just switch on the ESPN app and there's the ESPN FC that program from that day. Now, the extra, it's, it's more effort. So the BN Sports uh, Connect app we've mentioned is, is complete garbage. I refuse to use that thing. I, I can go into to Sling TV or into Fubo and then record it and DVR it and then watch it. But it's probably three or four steps versus ESPN FC, one step, boot up that app and, and there's that program. All right, lastly, Anthony Bello, uh, one of our listeners, says, Hi, guys, with Comcast buying Sky for $40 billion, could you guys see the following happening? One, Sky has a 24-hour Premier League channel in the UK, uh, which I think they already have, Kartik, actually. They have a Premier League channel. Uh, I think they took one of the Sky Sports channels and made it into a Premier League channel. Okay, so I'll skip that one. Uh, Sky PL. Uh, two, could NBC include in the Premier, uh, NBC Sports Gold the Sky feed of Premier League matches or even show the Sky feed on NBCSN instead of the World feed? Um, and, and that would be a no. I mean, it's they're trying to build that NBC brand. They're trying to build um, that connection with the audience. So it's, it's all the whites. It's the two Robbies. It's Kyle. It's Rebecca. Uh, but even on the commentator's point of view, if it's Derek Ray and, and all the white building that relationship with, with the listener, uh, talking about, like like a few weeks ago, talking about during a commentary, uh, Derek Ray and Danny Higginbotham talking about the, the hurricane in North Carolina and, and uh, sending good wishes to people in that area and that they were concerned by versus having a, um, a sky feed or, or a, uh, an, an English feed where that person's talking about what's coming up uh, tomorrow on Sky Sports, sky Sports programming and don't miss the Chelsea against uh, Liverpool match that's going to be shown live at you mean, a, a time in the UK. So there's that disconnect. So number two would be no. 
Uh, number three, instead of firing up the studio on Mondays, <laughs> I love that expression, uh, maybe they can pick up Sky's Monday Night Football. Now, this Kartik, to me, would be a slam. This would be a slam dunk in terms of like being must-see TV. Um, but then it, it undermines their Monday analysis where you have you know, uh, Steve Bauer and you've got the two Robbies or you've got Kyle or whoever may be on set that particular day that undermines NBC but if there's a way to take that NBC uh, that Monday Night Football from Sky Sports with Gary Neville Jamie Carragher and include that say in NBC Sports Gold I, I, th- I think mean, that would increase subscriptions uh, overnight I think yeah I, uh, I, I think there's some good points here by Anthony here's what I would say as a on television, forget it. NBC's doing what they're going to do on TV now with gold and with um, NBCSports.com. They have some flexibility on digital in what streams or what um, uh, commentary teams you can offer. You could have an option where you choose uh, the international. Uh, um, they won't do this for matches which Arlo White's calling or Derek Gray's calling. Fair enough. But for matches that are where they take the international feed from Premier League productions, they could give you the option uh, just scrolling down on your mouse and clicking on um, another feed option, which would be, let's say, uh, a Spanish language commentary or uh, potentially the Sky commentary. So uh, uh, which you won't have, by the way, on um, as I'm thinking this through on three o'clock kickoffs in the UK on Saturday. There's no uh, televised uh, local commentary but they could do this for other matches like they could do it for the monday night match where you have the option of listening to martin tyler and danny higginbotham or whoever the team is or you can scroll and listen to the to the sky uh the sky feed or uh, peter drury and somebody else peter drury does those matches yeah correct or same thing with the 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 7 30 a.m saturday morning eastern time matches if that's not a Derek ray or uh steve uh, or uh, i was gonna say steve bauer uh uh arlo white call Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for listeners who are wondering too, I mean, Comcast uh, now has bought out Sky Sports. Comcast owns NBCSN, yeah. and, and Sky Sports, um, for those who haven't had a chance to watch it, has has some great programming. I, I, I Anthony Bello asks, um, also, can you think of any other ways that uh, NBC and Sky coverage can, can combine? And I can see them working together in two ways. One would be having the NBC Sports crew. Uh, the producers, etc., sit in on how Sky Sports covers soccer uh, on some of the analysis shows and pick up different things that they can learn and, um, you mean, techniques or styles or whatever it may be, kind of a learning learning uh, ground. But the second. Uh, sorry, Chris, to cut you off. It's, sure. This is a fascinating discussion for me because when I was recently in the UK, I get so many questions by people who watch Sky uh, regularly about NBC and how good their coverage is, and we wish we had that here. When I said. Hey, I'm the opposite. I'm in the U.S. and I'm wishing I had more Sky coverage and saw that stuff. So I think now that they're going to be part of the same company, the synergies are, or potential for synergies are pretty incredible. Yeah, the potential is there. So I, I don't see anything happening for probably a, probably a couple of years, but it could happen where the part I see that's probably more likely is using some of Sky Sports's uh, analysts, and it could be like a weekly yeah. se- segment on. Uh, on NBCSN, kind of, I mean, in the papers, uh, here's what's going on, latest discussion or scuttlebutt. Um, the, the interesting thing with this contact with Steve Bauer uses the BBC studios uh, in in Manchester for those a lot of those Monday 
uh, analysis pieces. So I wonder if if that might change in the future, where they might st- start using the Sky Sports Studios mm. to provide some uh, some analysis or some uh, input or insight into the, even the big stories of the day type of thing. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I I don't see any negatives from this. I, I see only positives. It just depends how much NBC wants to tap uh, Sky's uh, expertise and and vice versa. I mean, it could be it, it could come the other way around too. Yeah, it's also worth noting Sky Sky's uh, uh, mass, uh, major news studios are in and Sky Sports News are in London. BBC is in Manchester, so uh, it might shift the talent also. Although in England, it's easy to get from place to place, as you and I both know. But just that's uh, that's the difference between uh, for some U.S. networks, some being in, in L.A. or New York uh, or uh, Washington and New York. Yeah. All right, listeners, uh, if you have any questions, uh, feedback, uh, you agree with anything we say or disagree, or you need some advice on whether it's streaming or watching television, you can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com, as well as facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk, and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk. Plus, of course, you can post your comments on worldsoccertalk.com, and then we'll read those out on air in relation to the podcast. All right, Kartik, so where can listeners uh, find you on Twitter if they want to catch up on your latest, latest um, analysis or insight? Yeah, yeah KKFLA737 on Twitter. And, and as we talked about earlier on the show, uh, check out all of Chris's and I's reporting from uh, Bristol, uh, ESPN, on worldsoccertalk.com. We've got a couple articles, uh, Deportes, ESPN+, Plus, ESPN International stuff uh, on the site currently in written form. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. You can get a new episode of the World Soccer Talk podcast every Thursday. Every episode is released on SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Audioboom, and WorldSoccerTalk.com. And if you like the show, we'd really appreciate it uh, greatly if you share it with your friends and give us a review on iTunes. Let us know uh, how we're doing, whether it's uh, positive or negative. Uh, We'd greatly appreciate it. In Kartik, heading into this big weekend, uh, what should they do? Enjoy your football. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.